I'm Russ White at the Network Collective, and this is a Network Collective Short Take. In this short take, I'll be talking about culture and technology. For the last several years, in fact, almost since the beginning of the Rule11.tech blog, I have been using the catchphrase, culture eats technology for breakfast. But what does this really mean? In this video, I'll talk about some of the things I think it means. To make a technology change, you need a change in culture. For instance, throwing disaggregation at an old-fashioned IT organization is simply not going to work. The waterfall model of development isn't going to work with a disaggregated network. The change management system you have in place today probably isn't going to work with disaggregation. The lifecycle management system you have today probably isn't going to work with disaggregation. For all of these reasons, you need to rethink why and how you are doing IT. This often feels like it is easier to do for the compute and storage worlds than it is for the network, but not always. How do we tie this into business? How do we tie in the concept of culture to technology to the business end? Information is the most effective tie-in for the network. The VP of a chemical company I used to work for, he would say things like, we don't sell technologies, we sell chemicals. Hence, we're not a technology company and our focus is not on technology. My response was pretty consistently, how do you know who to sell to? How do you know how much of any particular chemical to make? How do you know how much is a good price? How much should you sell each chemical for? How do you know where to ship things, where to build things, where to get things? All of these are information-centric problems. So clearly, there is some value in information. How fast does information need to move in order to make it useful? There is, as we all know, a time value to money. Money is essentially a store of value. Value is related to time, hence there is a time value to money. In the same way, there is a value and time of information. Information is something that you're using to add value to your business. So therefore, the faster you know things, the more value you get out of the information that you have. Therefore, there is a time value to information. If there were not a time value to information, you could just use the station wagon. A station wagon full of backup tapes has a higher bandwidth than any available link you can buy today. Or if you want a more modern example, an overnight box full of thumb drives. Obviously, we don't use these types of technologies, so there must be a time value to information. This leads to the observation that if you could put money value on the speed at which information moves, you could change the culture of your entire company around the way you move that information. But because we cannot often put a value on the time of information, we tend to treat networking as a necessary evil. Because we can't put a time value on information, we tend to say, ask questions like, how little can we spend and get done what we need to get done? Reducing costs, therefore, becomes the only objective. When your primary objective is to reduce costs, where do you cut first? The most obvious place is in people. Quality people are very expensive. So what you can do is you can reduce the number and the quality of the people that you have on staff, and that will help you reduce your cost dramatically. To get rid of quality people, we try to replace them with technology, buying clever stuff from vendors, or technique, 
using processes to prevent mistakes and speed things up or outsourcing the hard stuff to VARs and vendors. So the obvious path to reducing costs, if reducing cost is your primary goal, is to get rid of people costs. Replace your people costs with technology costs. But does this really work? In my experience, the answer is no. It just leads to a misalignment between the network and the company, which makes things worse, which means you try to save more money, which means you try to replace more people with more technology, which causes a stronger misalignment, and you fall into this spiral of misalignment and mismanagement in the network side. An example, the same chemical company. We were using a particular brand of network interface card in our desktop computers. A friend and I thought we could we were paying way too much. We thought we could save the company some money. So we went looking for another supplier. We found the same card from a different supplier at about half the cost. What did my manager say? No, we can't do that. It might be a different chipset. Are you sure it's the same chipset? Sure, that's what it says in the specifications. How much time did you spend looking for these? You could have been productive instead. People are more expensive than hardware. So we ended up using the same supplier because we didn't want to spend the time finding a different supplier. How do we break this rut? I think you need to begin with your personal culture. How do you see the business? How do you interact with your own skills? Are you intentional about what you learn? How do you interact with those around you? Do you encourage them to think? Are you building the culture today that you want to be in place tomorrow? Or are you just sitting around at the lunch table every day whining about the culture that's there? So that is your personal culture, but you also need to address the business culture. How do you address the business culture? You need to rebuild the business culture. You need to Find sympathetic ears in the upper level management who will listen to you to help you rebuild the business culture into a business culture that values information. There needs to be a culture of valuing information and the movement of information. But of course, as I said before, you may need to build this culture. There's an important point here. This is not about being quote unquote data driven. This isn't about using data to make all your decisions. It's about using information as a tool more efficiently in what you're already doing. Or perhaps a second thing you can do is to build a culture of teaching and learning. But, but we'll lose the people we train. We train them and then they go to another company not as long as you treat them right. And if you lose somebody because they received some training from you, they probably weren't right for the culture you're trying to build anyway. Beyond this, think about it. You're complaining about hiring from the shallow end of the talent pool. You're out there saying, you know what, we just can't find people with the training we need. And yet we're doing nothing about making the talent pool deeper or about building the deep end of this talent pool. So remember, culture eats technology for breakfast, but your culture begins with you and it passes through your team and through your team and your company before it ever gets to, to technology. If you want to change your technology, begin by changing your culture. So that's it for this time. Come back to the Network Collective for skills and metacognitive skills for engineers. And you can always find me, Russ White, at rule11.tech. Thanks.